kind of there are quite a lot. So, um, who I'm going to drag you up here to be the voice if you don't mind. Can you speak today? If you can, I'm going to drag you up over here. Perfect. Okay. How's it going, Paul? Hey, Dylan. How you doing? Nice to be here. Good. Okay. Fine. Thank you. So, it's been a very busy week, but behind the scenes, um, which has meant that I didn't quite get to the updates that I wanted to do. So let's talk about what has been going on. Number one, we've been working closely with the merchandise team. Um, for those who are not familiar, again, we've, we've started partnering with Top Draw. Top Draw are the industry leaders in the space, actually, because they are the official sh uh, Shopify partner. And they are the people that did all the pre-sales for Board Ape Yacht Club, Wood of Women, and stuff like that. So very good partner. But we're taking it slowly. We're getting, you know, we're going to get, the way we're going to handle things is like they're suggesting, which is pre-sales, um, which means that uh, we will do a poll, right? Like, I'm going to post the link, by the way, for anyone who didn't, wasn't able to make it last week. There's the link in Cafe Voice Chat. Uh, but basically, the way they handle it is they do pre-sales. And so, obviously, I think we're going to start with a hoodie. Um, we're also waiting on our bus to, to arrive. They should arrive on the 14th. No, actually, they'll be done in the 14th ship. Ship on the... Uh, they'll ship then, so I guess we'll probably, we'll probably run something next month on the, on the bus. But we'll probably do a hoodie, something with hoodies this month. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to poll the community on which assets we should use, right? So probably something like the Fat Cats logo in the front, uh, and then our Bored Ape or CryptoPunk on the back and poll the community, because we kind of need to see that there's enough interest for 100 to be bought before we go ahead with it. And that's what they suggest, and I think that's a great way of doing things, because that way we can kind of keep checking in with the community and selling you guys, you know, what you want and what you want to support the community with, instead of just kind of you're tripping everyone into merchandise they don't want and hyping people into stuff they don't want, you know? So it's like, uh, it's also a matter of, you know, the minority not oppressing the majority, right? Some people are like, look, I love fat cats, but hey guys, I didn't come here for the art, I came here for the fund. And, uh, you know, that's where we're making money and that's where we want to focus. So, you know, I love you all, but I, I don't need another hoodie. And that's fine, right? So this is why you do limited small runs and go that route. Uh, the other thing that has been passed over is I was working over with the Passover of the collaborations. Uh, we now have, you know, Nadia and Serial handling that very well as well as the Alpha Squad. I, I mean, we're doing an astronomical amount of whitelist giveaways over here. So they're doing a great job, but that just took a bit of admin work as well. Uh, and then the whole royalty debate, which is going to come to a head now um, on, this, on this Twitter space in an hour. Um... My thoughts on the royalty debate is, again, I, I mostly wanted us to start the conversation so that we weren't kind of sideboard, right? Like, that's, that's really what I wanted. I, um, <laughs> I wanted to argue devil's advocate in all cases because I wanted us to, no matter what, survive, right? You know, we minted in a very difficult time. And because of that, because of, I think of having these conversations about where things are, like where's the market really, as opposed to the, the pie in the sky kind of rhetoric from so many other communities, it's made us very grounded and it's made our, our discord not toxic, right? We're able to have difficult conversations about upsetting topics that cause other people to be triggered and stressful and anxiety. And we usually come out the other end feeling 
pretty solid about them. And I think the royalty discussion is, um, I think what maybe I should preface better is, we're fully justified in our royalty, right? The community understood it coming in. It's there when they buy in, right? We're, we're fully justified in having royalties. I think more so than most product, projects, given the fact that, um, you know, we're actually running a fund, right? And all the royalties are going to the community. And so this is really, you know, like, you know, a, a way to say, look, you know, you want to buy into Fat Cats, you don't want to take the full 0 0.6 or 0 0.8 dive, that's okay, buy, buy a Goblin Cat, or just come into the Discord and hang with us. But if you want to be a voter and have an equity position, we kind of want to know you're serious as well, right? Some people kind of take key money, we're taking an exit fee, right? Because ultimately, the strongest argument for us to maintain royalties till the very end is to say, look, we're not really trying to encourage speculators. We don't dislike DGENs, we don't hate DGENs, there's you know, no issue. Oh yeah, Parker, <laughs> you can't bring yourself up. Let's see if I can bring you up. Um, ah, okay, cool. Did you do that, Pearl? I've never been able to, because when I show requests, yeah, I did. it's okay. Uh, you can right-click on the, the image, and the first oh. one option is invite to speak. Okay, cool. Um, so, you know, like, you know, we've we never been against DGENs and stuff, right? But, you know, two things can be true at once. Fat Cats is not a degen play, and also we're very, we like degens and we do degen plays, right? And so there is a very strong argument for us to keep royalties, right? So this was never kind of a philosophical thing, nor was it a moral thing. The debate I wanted us to get used to was once, once a royalty discussion starts to happen and people start to realize it's not enforced by contracts, then kind of my libertarian side kicks in, my Ayn Rand. You know, if anyone wants a good book, Atris Shrugs is a good book. But my Ayn Randian side kicks in and says it's human instinct to kind of look for the cheapest option. And if, if this movement gets enough critical mass where kind of the traders, because, you know, as Brett said so cleverly yesterday, who really cares about no royalties? It's the traders, right? Because they never intended to be married to the project anyway. But as Beeple put it recently on his uh, Twitter, you know, if... if if artists kind of do a good job or projects do a good job of cultivating a community and people wanting to participate, well then, you know, royalties is just baked into that. But considering the fact that the majority of people here probably consider themselves traders, and I don't mean in fat cats, I mean in general, it's likely that this will be a race to the bottom, right? Because if you look at the history of how this all happened, you have OpenSea on the one hand who comes in and goes to all these creators and artists and said, guys, we've reinvented the wheel. You know, we've got this market, right? Because they were trying to cultivate all the good projects because obviously that would bring the masses, right? So they cultivated all the good projects without telling them the fine print that none of this is enforceable on contracts, but don't worry, guys, we're the only marketplace. Then you get, then you get Pseudoswap on the side creating its OTC situation, right? Because Pseudoswap's been going for a long time, right? Doing OTC stuff. And everyone was like, yeah, OTC's fine. I mean, it's, it's just a swap between two people. You know, why, why the marketplace doesn't need to be paid. Maybe even the, uh, you know, no one wanted to talk about the, the creator part over there, because if you think about it, OTC deals, you might still want to compensate the creators. But all right, you're swapping two NFTs. Eventually, when you guys sell, you know, the creators will get paid on, on that end, right? That's, that's the logic. Pseudoswap, though, sees a, a, a bear market, sees frustrated traders, and provides a service. And the service they provide is, we don't care about the creators. 
our, our users are the consumers and the consumers are predominantly traders in this market, right? And so I just wanted to get us ready that if we start to see a race to the bottom, how will we respond? Now, we, we could just do nothing, meaning I don't think OpenSea is going to abolish the royalties anytime soon because they, they've already hedged their bet, right? They own GEM, as Pearl pointed out to me. They, they own GEM and GEM is integrated pseudoswap. And so OpenSea can continue to benevolently tell you know, artists, we will never do away with royalties while also supporting the OTC solution, right? So I think OpenSea has understood for a while already that it's not going to be the only marketplace. It's the biggest, but it's, it's, it's trying to focus itself, right? This is why it started cleaning up its act and started, you know, doing suspicious, pointing suspicious things and doing blue check marks and talking about, you know, regulations and you need to file your taxes because OpenSea and Coinbase are going to be fighting for normies, right? That's, that's what they want. And, you know, things like PseudoSwap are like SushiSwap and Uniswap, right? They're the decentralized options, right? Uh, and so OpenSea was hedging its bet by investing in both markets. But because of that, I think OpenSea it doesn't have anything kind of pressuring them to move fast. So that's on the one hand. On the other hand, though, X2Y2, you know, felt like they had been sideballed, right? They'd been thrown a curveball over here. They panicked. Two of their three-man team panicked, and they proceeded to just kind of unilaterally make it all a tipping system. We asked them to make it a, you know, a royalties on profit system, right? To kind of make people, you know, like, you know, everyone feels bad if they don't tip the waitress, right? It's not done. But they've kind of let this, you know, cat out of the hat. And so I just wanted to get us prepared emotionally that if it starts to kind of be a race down to the bottom, that we are prepared to maybe turn lemons into lemonade, you know, and and maybe maybe do away with them first so that we can get a lot of PR out of that. The, the response of the community has been overwhelmingly, look, you know, and it's been heartwarming. The community has been, look, we value what's going on over here. We've, we've all come in for the long term and we want future partners who join the Fat Cats ecosystem to, to also be like us, right? To, to accept the terms that we join, to put a bit of skin in the game, to understand that we're not snobs, but there's a certain exclusivity, right? Most people kind of, a lot, well not most, but a lot of projects uh, sell kind of this hype snobbiness and stuff like this. We are selling um, a real product, right? Uh, you know, where the floor can be well tied to underlying assets, right? We're asset backed. Plus, we bring, you know, so many other things like whiteless opportunities and offer and stuff like that. Because we didn't brand it behind, you know, some kind of snobby thing like, you know, and again, this is not to throw champs or any of those influences under the bus, but they are personality cults, right? Meaning a lot of their flaw is because there is a perceived feeling that NFT Llama and crypto champs have the in, right? They have the in. They're going to get special white spots. They're going to drop special alpha. The reality is I know most of the same people they do, but that's a matter of marketing. And we've chosen to not do personality cult marketing, which I think is going to hold us well in the long term. Brett complimented us on it yesterday because even NFT Llama posted this week on his um, Twitter that it might have been a mistake to keep turning things into personality cult, right? Because then the expectations become so anchored to that leader that the moment something like Habibi's where Ramo turns out to be the bad guy, the floor plummets, right? And as much as it's very clear that kind of Fat Cat's, you know, relies a lot on me, I hope that Fat Cat relies on me from an administrative running a company point of view, like a CEO and not like uh, you know, Jesus parting the sea and coming with the holy, the holy tablets, 
um, you know, and secret wisdom, right? Because so many of these alpha groups have been, I would call them, you know, almost, uh, that's what I mean by personality cults, right? It's like, everyone's like nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Our leader has special wisdom, right? In terms of like connections and alpha and stuff like that. So um, I think the general consensus here is number one, why do away with it at all? Let's do our marketing branding in other ways. Let's show people on our Twitter for our media arm, other things we're doing, we don't need to kind of front run this. And I think the other consensus I got was, please Dylan, you know, double down, make us some money, let's get these trading things going. And so that's what I've been doing this week. That goes back to my intro point that this week has been a lot of behind the scenes, understanding where the whole market is on the royalty discussion, understanding, you know, both from people and thought leaders and stuff like that, getting really integrated back into the Board Ape Yacht Club ecosystem and Mutant Ape ecosystem, because, you know, I, I truly, I know that some people wonder what does this council do sometimes, right? Like, how hard is it to run a fund? But friends, you know, most mutual funds have three or four analysts and, and maybe buy and sell one or two stocks a month, right? You know, be, being a specialist actually does require a lot of work because when you understand that the Mutant Ape, Board Ape, Hugo Lab ecosystem is actually a very small group of holders and stuff. And if you've got rapport and people are coming to you first with deals and you can understand where the movements are and understand what news and hype is coming out and stuff like that, there is, uh, there is a lot of you know, deals that can be made. And if we can keep flipping for half an ETH, you know, once or twice a week or uh, an, an ETH or two ETH, you know, every few weeks, that adds up to a lot of money. You know, we only have four and a half thousand dollars as our bills at this point. We can sail through the storm. You know, the blessing of the royalties until now have basically meant that we were able to cover a year of expenses, you know, because we, we sold a lot of that ETH at high prices. We were also able to uh, put together, you know, a war chest for six months, and we were also able to fund both the, the outlaying costs for the toys uh, and the infrastructure needed for, um, for, for uh, top draw. So that's the general consensus. The general consensus from this community is let's make our media about something else. Let's not front run this, but also let's get ourselves mentally and emotionally ready and as many cash flow options as possible so that this DAO can, you know, you know, really tell a story. And you know what? After thinking about this myself a lot more, I'm in agreement with that because you know what sells better than some kind of big press like saying we don't need royalties? Forget the royalty stuff. Don't even make the narrative about that. Leave our royalties. We deserve them. There's no problem there. We can always vote to lower them if people feel the need. But the truth is, I don't, I don't think anyone cares. But the same, no one over here really particularly cares between five or seven and a half. Again, it's, it's that our, our messaging has always been this is an exit fee, right? Don't just buy into fat cats for a flip, buy in to be part of this ecosystem for the long term. And I think that seven and that half percent number does do that. But I think the messaging we can do is we can make a big fucking deal over making money, right? When, when we sell merch and that does money, we can make a deal of that. When we are doing these arbitrage plays, we can make a big deal of that. One arbitrage play that we did skip on this week, just to remind everyone, we have two strategies that the council has approved. We have trade sniping for mutant apes. And then in addition to that, we have volume trading when it comes to doodles, cool cats, artifact, and moonbirds. The artifact news this week uh, was a false alarm. Um, if anything, people, there was a lot of volume, but there was not a lot of excitement. I think, you know, we had been chewing on this for a while as a council trying to, you know, understand does CloneX and Doodle see us as a consumer 
or a shareholder. It's quite clear they view us as a consumer. And again, there's nothing wrong with that, right? NTF did it fine, but I think many people justify the floor price by thinking that it's gonna be the, you know, the equivalent of Mickey Mouse. And that's possible, but doodles will have to get very big for that to happen. Nike, by the way, a little bit of alpha for you view. Uh, from what I understand, Nike um, has taken a lot of open seas employees that were let off and is forming their own marketplace. So Nike might own Artifact, but it's just one piece of their puzzle. They are, they are coming big into Web3. Uh, and so I think they're going to use Clonex as their luxury consumer kind of arm uh, and make money as well in other ways too. But in short, uh, the Clonex pump never happened. Uh, it was a little bit of a pump and then was going right back down again. So there was no play for us over there. And there was a modest play to be made with Moonbirds, but frankly, there, there was no volume there, man. There, there really was, you know, I mean, 99% of volume is down from, from OpenSea's high. That doesn't, you know, you shouldn't look at that number, though, and put it into perspective because many of the, the kind of the blue chips and shortlists we're following are still pretty decent. I think Mutant Apes is having something like, you know, 15 to 20 trades a day, which is, you know, something we can work with. And if you co include maybe the five or six OTCs happening a week, maybe it comes out, you know, to 25, 30. So that's something we can work with well. But Moonbirds uh, really doesn't have the volume. I think, you know, this is also why um, Ben Dow did not include them in their group either, because they just, they just don't have the volume. Um, you know, that shows on the one hand that they've got really serious holders, but from our point of view of arbitraging them, it did make it difficult. So there was a pump that could have been played from like 14 to 16 ETH, but it, it, it moved very fast and um, yeah, it, it just didn't feel something comfortable. But we did see it, we are watching it, but we try not to play this hindsight game because it, you know, we didn't want to be left holding, holding Moonbirds. Um, other than that, the media arm we're getting going quite well. You'll start to see that play out next week. The other thing that you'll start to see play out is the cafe voice chat will be every week at, uh, every weekday at 8 p.m. ET on Twitter. The way we're going to handle it is like our open discussions like we have on Discord. People can come up, counselors, everyone can go. It will start at 8 p.m. and then just go on as long as people want. And we'll talk about the market. We'll talk about recessions. We'll talk about whatever we usually talk about, as well as, um, you know, any visiting project founders or teams who want to come up and just kind of soft show uh, and talk as themselves as industry experts, more than happy to facilitate that. I, I just love that idea. And I'm seeing it for WGMI as well. You know, these kind of boring ass uh, interviewing projects that have 95% of the same roadmap as other projects, even if they might do well, you don't need a half an hour, even an hour for that, right? So it's better kind of to, you know, to draw attention to them as a soft kind of show and you just, who are you? Cool. What are you guys building? That's dope. Friends, anyone wants to look into that, go have a look kind of thing, right? And then using them as industry experts, because you'll find that many of these founders you know, even if they fail as a project, they're usually fairly fascinating, right? Like there's a reason they want to build over here. There's a reason that they've come into this and all of that. So we're getting that. Uh, and then there's a number of Discord things I, I need to fix um, more like, you know, change because we're going to be pulling down all the research stuff so you can all see it and also setting up the faction stuff. There were a few technical issues because Discord changed the way things happen. And so I just had to learn the security stuff, right? Like to date, we still never had a security breach. It's almost, <laughs> it's almost a bad thing because we never got like one of those free announcements all over people's Discord saying Fat Cats got hacked and people are like, who are Fat Cats? Oh, I remember Fat Cats. Oh, well, we want to keep you guys safe. Uh, so yeah, that's where we're at on that. Um, 
Okay, I think, you know, we can open up to thoughts, discussions. Paul, Parker, you're up here anyway. What's going on, guys? Yeah, all good. Uh, this, this week was more centered about the discussion uh, of royalties. And I see that more or less we have settled on, uh, on the matter. So that's good because the, the discussion in the royalties debate was quite uh, uh, robust. Yeah. So that's, uh, we see the think tank uh, working here in Petcats and that's very good. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was, it was nice to see, you know, people, a few people mentioned that, hey, I wish we could see this more often. You know what, guys, if there's ever something you want brought up to the council, pick your councillor, send them a DM, and they'll bring it up at the next council meeting. And if it's something that, you know, we see requires debate, you know, we're able to open a debate channel, right? We will close this channel eventually. But we just, you know, a Discord is about... Um, you're not, we're not trying to censor in this Discord, but you do not want to overwhelm with too many channels, right? I think we already have a, a shit ton of cool channels. Uh, and so, you know, think of Fat Cat's Den as a quieter general chat, right? It's usually much quieter than general. So you can have discussions over there. But whenever there's like a big debate, we're able to open a channel for you because, you know, we're not trying to have secrets over here. It's just, you know, usually there's no need for that. Uh, but I'm I'm really glad to see that people held their ground, you know, gave their, um, you know, gave their perspective on should there be royalties or not. And uh, as it stands, there's there's clearly not enough interest to, to put to a vote. You know, there's no majority of count like the council's in agreement that if there was enough interest, we would put it to a vote. There's not enough interest, so there's really no need for us to put it to a vote. But more than even putting it to a vote, I just think it was really important um, to to kind of emotionally get ourselves ready for that. Because, you know, the, the terrible thing with, you know, when it rains, it pours. You know, I, I remember when my, when my father died, I was, I was quite young, I was seven, and um, all the appliances, you know, my mother had been very strong about it. You know, she'd gone through the funeral and everything. And then two days, like after he died or something, or a week after, I can't remember, all the appliances started just breaking, you know, like the fridge wasn't working. And, and we had money, it was okay, but, I remember that was the point that she kind of, you know, just broke down and cried because that's how it goes, right? When it rains, it pours. And unfortunately, as recessions and stuff happen, cascades effects happen, right? Like, it's not coincidence that PseudoSwap, you know, timed this for when the market was bearish, right? Because when the market's bearish, everyone is trying to squeeze every extra drop of juice out of things as they can, right? You know, the, the, the ugly thing is why are prices so down is because people are desperate for liquidity. And the problem with a, a market like NFTs, it's still so niche that um, this is what happens, right? It's, it's still very illiquid in that sense, right? Because even, you know, because people will look at a deceptive set of numbers, they'll look at overall volume, but overall volume, you know, doesn't help each little project. And so the smaller projects tend to really have these nasty death spirals because people start to see the floor falling, they panic and they're like, I'm never going to get liquidity out again. I bet the project is broken. And often it's not the project being broken. It's just, uh, you know, it's a race down to the bottom. And um, so, you know, this is what we have to get our heads around when it rains, it pours, you know, and, 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 and this is also why I think it's so important that we're focusing on achievable goals right by by having our costs very cost you know reasonable the our needs for the trading department our needs for the 
you know, perks of um, selling merchandise and for our Fat Cat Studio, which I want to talk about now, are very modest, right? If we cover our costs and then make a bit of cream and we can keep kind of compounding wealth, right? Because if we can keep like dollar cost averaging into long-term assets, right? Like let's say our trading gets us to the point where we're able to buy, you know, hold some more of those mutants or whatever, right? Maybe more things come along that we want or even just the patron program, right? Oh, and the patron program will be starting this month's guys, you know, shout out to that. But, you know, let's say two of the things we buy into do well, right? If we're kind of storing our wealth long-term and we keep trading, but also adding compounding more wealth that we're buying at these cheap prices, uh, I, think, I think, you know, we'll be in a very good position. Um, we're not looking into Solano projects. Um, I think, Parker, what do you think about maybe we should add them to our shortlist or something? But I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, don't want to, I don't want to move out of the ETH ecosystem. I, I mean, we're getting people whitelist spots outside of the ETH ecosystem. But, you know, I, I don't know, guys, because, you know, it matters what chain something is on, right? Like, yes, D-Gods is worthy of watching. But it's still on Solano, right? It, it, it is there, it's on that chain. And, and we've never, I mean, I and, and many in the council have never been particularly that confident in these other chains. You know, like when I talk to the games, right? I'm always pragmatic with them. I say, look, if you can anchor the assets on, our ch on Ethereum, you know, if you want to handle transactions on Solano or Polygon or whatever, fine by us, right? But the assets need to be stored on the Ethereum side. And, I think that's a good principle to go because, you know, as when I speak to the bankers and institutional money, that is how they view things. And if you want prices that reach like a thousand ETH floor, right, it needs to, it's never going to just be the native whales. It does need to include the institutional investors as well. So I don't know. I think there's enough for us still on the ETH side that we don't have to really kind of like FOMO in and run over there. Um, I don't know, that's my thought on things. I think, you know, if, if they do a project that like crosses over, dual chain like OK Bears did, um, you know, we can certainly look at something like that, right? You know, cross chain migration and so on. And then the last thing is um, we've going with the term for our incubator and accelerator, we've come to the term um, Fat Cat Studio. Because Fat Cat's Labs just sounds, I don't know, it sounds funny. It looks funny on paper, the double S. Uh, but we can't be Fat Cat Lab, lab um, Fat Cat's Lab, because it has to be labs. That's just how it's used, right? Like Yuga Labs and Lava Labs and so on. Uh, for those who want to know a little bit of history, I was looking into it. The term labs comes from the Silicon Valley bros. Um, a lot of those people called themselves labs. That's where it comes from. So it's, it's like... The, the coders came up with that term. Um, whereas studio, I think, is pretty cool. And we do have precedence because Warner Bros. is studio, singular. It's Pixar Studios, Disney Studios, but Warner Bros. Studios. We do have precedence. And also, I think it's, you know, we, you know the niche we're aiming for um, is Web2 companies, existing Web2 companies, trying to integrate blockchain technology. Right. I'm trying to get away from this term NFT as well. By the way, you're going to hear me saying a lot more with games and metaverses, play and own. And I'm going to be saying a lot more um, for NFTs, transferable ownership, because I think I think the term NFTs might be holding back the space terribly. And when we're speaking to Web2 companies, the way for us to talk to them is, do you have a product or a community that could benefit 
from um, the items having a digital ownership, right? That's kind of like how, how we're trying to, to frame it. So that's the core market we're talking to. Uh, and if any of you have like small Etsy shops or, or, or even bigger ideas, right, that you want to start implementing that technology, we've got all the back end, all the front end. We can help you with collaborations. We can help you with marketing. We can help you with advisory. We've got all the contract people. We can get that audited. We've got a really good infrastructure system set up that we can make that work. Um, the other area that we'll be working on, but we will not be kind of advertising so much, is um, gaming, gaming stuff. Mostly because they're approaching me a lot. So, um, you know, full disclosure, I just got sent my uh, NDA from, from Anamoka brand subsidiary. Um, so we might be kind of working with them or they might, they might, they, it looks like they're trying to get me involved in marketing a little bit. We'll see how that plays out. But if they do, then of course I will try and assemble a team, you know, from Fat Cats DAO and, and have some of the funds go to Fat Cats DAO too, right? Like I like that idea of using our studios. Yes, you know, I could be like the other, the other influencers and really just do it in my own capacity and not share. But I think it, it, it helps me and Fat Cats as a long-term win-win to not just build up my personal brand, but to help build up this holding company, right? The Fat Cat Group. So in short, we have these three. So to summarize for all of those joining, we see no, this community sees no immediate reason for us to front run the royalties issue. Happy the discussion got started. But as far as we're concerned, if people start to use pseudoswap and bypass royalties, so be it. Um, but, you know, we're not going to shame them. But also there's no reason for us to front run it because there's very good reason for us to have royalties as this kind of exit fee and to encourage long-term holders and discourage, you know, flippers kind of things. And that's, that's good messaging. And, you know, we've got a cheap entry point, Goblin Cats, which gives them this alpha pass. And so they can come and flirt around over here before marrying the DAO. Our uh, second front is it's, it's crucial for us in grounding ourselves in understanding that we might be ending royalties whether we like it or not, meaning, you know, just because we keep the royalties doesn't mean we'll ever see those big numbers again. We're getting ourselves focused on income producing via our trading. That's where I was so much this week spending time with the Board Ape and Mutant Ape community. We're getting ourselves focused on you know, very niche merchandise. And by the way, we are going to be exploring the idea of maybe asking people like Franklin and, and people I know to kind of source their Board Ape to us for a limited run, because that would be a good way for us to maybe include other people outside of Fat Cats into purchasing some of our merchandise. So we're gonna be looking at our merchandise out of the box and holistically, and maybe work with our branding that as well. Um, and then, um, you know, maybe we'll, do, maybe we'll do a promotional code like 5% off to certain fellow communities and stuff, right? You know, whatever, 10%, like we'll make a 10% off price for Fat Cat holders, 5% off for other communities. We can do something like that. I think that'll be dope. And then the third part, which is, I think the longest play, but something that we can do right is our Fat Cat studio is going to focus on uh, speaking to Web2 companies that want to integrate Web3 technology and more specifically, you know, transferable ownership, token gating communities and stuff like that, as well as uh, continuing to use our connections in the gaming world, because why not, right? Anamoka's launchpad is not drying up anytime soon. I think, you know, it's, it's going to be a tough market for all of them. But, you know, if they're willing to hire us to help them with marketing and collabs and stuff, wonderful. Why not? Right. Why not? So that's where we're at. 
Um, cool. Any any thoughts, comments, questions? Talk. You want to add anything? Sounds really good. Really does. And you know, I I think we're still moving into this bear market. Announcements are still coming out in the U.S. about it. Just getting started, but uh, everything we're doing just kind of corresponds to each other. Uh, the studios to spaces, um, building out content for media and advertising, uh, even the education. It, it all feeds in to bringing people in and having something to do while they're here that's very valuable. And it, it's just the beginning of it. It's a great time to do it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. I mean, nothing is going to, you know, like what is nice about Fat Cat's community. I think we've always had realistic and grounded views on this market. And so, you know, like if this was any other group saying, hey, guys, I know we promised you Disney, but, you know, we're going to open kind of, you know, like a small boutique store. A lot of other communities would have lost their minds. Right. Whereas I think, you know, we, we, we're handling this very groundedly, focusing on cash flow and our long-term, you know, brand and, and possibilities, right? Because, of course, us surviving through this market and prospering in any way is going to place us very well from a professionalism point of view and when others enter the market, right? Uh, and I think that that is, is what's so important right now. But imagine if Doodles were to come and say what I just said to all of you, right? Like, okay, guys, we're going to use the treasury for a fund. And also we're going to do a little bit of merchandise and we're going to have a launch pad. Everyone would lose their shit, right? Because Doodles has sold them the dream of being the next Walt Disney. So I think it really does matter that it's being built in this perspective of kind of you know, what this community, what this community thinks. Um, APAP says, speaking of studios, the Dogepan changed its name a few months ago to Dogepan Studios, focusing more on gaming. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Dogepan founders actually told me not so long ago that they are going in two directions they trying to build their own kind of game and metaverse so they're building a mini game and then a metaverse uh, they're working with my pet hooligans on that and then the second thing they do is they're going to be trying to make partnerships with different um dog producing companies right like so not dog producing do um, dog accessories and food and stuff like that right they want to do like branded pet food and stuff like that so that's that's the route they're going Uh, and also, Parker, you know, just to bring back to something you've, you know, said last time, but just to, I think we'll reiterate again, as we start to uh, move down some of the research channels, you will see that we want to be experts and specialists on a certain niche of this market, right? You know, I think it's so important when people say, well, Dylan, do you think alpha communities will all survive? Do you think this, do you think? I think there's nothing wrong with us having things that are similar to other groups. But I think it's also important for us to have our core niche, right? Like what is the core offering that we offer that's fairly unique or we do better? And then also we do all these things, right? A whitelist marketplace, we do it very well, but there's nothing unique about that, right? Alpha calling, I think we're doing it, really getting that up there and doing very well as well. But it's nothing unique about that. Many other groups do. What is unique about us is we have a fund and that fund is very focused on a specific niche that we're cornering and doing well, right? Uh, when it comes to our merchandise, I think, you know, merchandise is not new, but as long as you listen to your consumer, as long as you poll the community, there's no reason not to give merch, right? We all buy and gonna buy hoodies for autumn and stuff anyway, so why not? And then the same for our launch pad. We can't compete with art blocks, 
or proof when it comes to high quality generative art. We can't do something like Mr. Beast or Goblin Town, which is an enormous kind of performative art series. You know, the fact is, of all of those kind of Freeman Dijon plays, only one or two of them or four of them broke out into massive performative art, right? Most of them really didn't pull it off. And so that kind of, you know, expectation for our launch pad of trying to compete with those big boys is just silly for us. Whereas speaking to mid-tier kind of Web2 companies that understand that they need to integrate this technology in and getting paid for that service and helping them, you know, kind of, navigate into the space right because adidas and nike can hire a whole team it pays these people to do you know a smaller kind of paycheck to us i think that's a way to go and then as i say i'm so integrated in the gaming world anyway you know if they come to us and it makes sense why not guys like why not so i think we're being very grounded and that groundedness is is good because it's it's achievable and we want things that are achievable so yeah that's where we're at I think this I think this Twitter space is gonna be very heated. Because <laughs> X to Y to decided to take the cat out of the bag and is now trying to stick it back in again, right? <laughs> Do you do you see that uh, there will be faction during the 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 panel? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I really see that Shan has, um, has posted a, a, a bizarre stance. He thinks artists should get royalties, but profile pictures should not. And uh, yeah, I, mean... I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, I don't get why. I mean, this is going to turn into this capitalism kind of like socialist mess, right? Like, it's like starting to say who deserves i mean one you know like x to white is like we, we for sure don't mean one of one art one of one art for sure or like what are you guys on like on the contrary you know artists have never got royalties right like artists are the most willing to get paid up front and give over you know art is for the most part in world history is a commodity right and um and yet companies uh you know often have like like if you end a subscription, you have to pay an exit fee or something. So it's, it's all quite bizarre where people's heads are at. But what, what, what are you thinking, Paul and Parker? What are you guys thinking on this whole debate? Yeah, I think that uh, royalties have a really bad reputation, but that's more like because how they were used or not used, because they were just cashed uh, mm -hmm. out by the, by the creators. So, <clears throat> I think that the discussion should be more on the responsible use of the royalties, for sure. And I see that uh, the discussion is more on the customer side of the marketplace, so the traders, not on the suppliers, which are the creators. So, for example, let's say that uh, FedCats uh, agrees to uh, the royalties, but uh, if we want to keep the royalties on X2Y2, but we cannot avoid that other marketplace put up, put uh, FedCats Fed up to, uh, uh, to be purchased, uh, we cannot do anything about it. So I was kind of wondering why there isn't uh, sort of uh, the marketplace ask the collection for 
uh, permission. Well, the... well, you see, here's here's the weird part about this whole situation. You know, I I think, and I, I'm going to bring it up on on this AMA. If, I, I mean, I don't even know how much I'm going to get to speak, but I'm going to bring up the point that this all boils down to contract law, right? When 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 I, when people said to me, you know, like kind of where was wh why did I think royalties were going to go away, right? Like in February, I really spoke to the artists and said I think royalties are going to disappear. And it was mostly because of contractual law, right? Like these royalties are not enshrined in code, okay? And when we set up a collection on OpenSea, if you don't set up a collection on OpenSea, right? Let's say you don't. All that happens is it's set up on OpenSea anyway. There's just no royalties, right? Like there's no permission. Do, do, do you all get that? The way, like I can't go and remove fat cats from OpenSea, right? And so there's yeah, no... I, I think that that, that, that should be... Uh, uh, a right for the collection to choose or not to be sold on a specific marketplace. Right, and and but 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 yet yet there's no contraction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah, exactly yeah. that's exactly the point, and this is where I think that OpenSea did a bait and switch with artists and stuff because everyone ran here for the gold rush, and when you're in a bull market, no one cares about an extra bit of royalties. But because something is not defended by a contract, you know, I'll tell you something that my grandfather always used to say. Uh, you know, I never met the man, but he was he was a a, a big CEO and he said to my father and mother once he said you know my dears you do not sign contracts with people you think are going to cheat you you sign contracts with people you think have good intention but might forget later on or become you know circumstances change or become very rich and it goes to their head right contract yeah. law is the basis of, of all collaborations as is property rights what we've got over here is the property rights stuff, but we've got no contractual law with OpenSea and all these places and all these marketplaces because we, we, can't, we did not put it in the contracts that you know, we have to approve an interaction with that marketplace. Uh, it's very hard to do anything about it. And on top of it, if you think you know, that's bad, I mean, just look at, at, at Board Apes V1, as they call them, right? I mean, you can just wrap things. You know, you can just wrap things and put things wherever you want. That is how contracts work. And unfortunately, people say, well, why don't we just put in the code? Unfortunately, it's, 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 it's a bargain with the devil then, right? As I put the quote from, from John Carlo, if we start to try and tamper with the contracts, then we're really putting back more control in the hands of, of the creators. And then we get back to the same problem. Maybe we have a bad acting creator who just burns people's stuff because they angry at what they did, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll try and do what I can. I'll try and do what I can. I, I try not to be too, uh, too shilly, but I, you know me, I'm, I've got my political talking points. So I'll say, you know, we had this debate in fact, or you know what I might do is I might get wacky Chainer to slip up on Fat Cats <laughs> because he's been, he's been chatting a, so I'll say like, well, look, Wacky, I mean, didn't you put in the Fat Cats community just today? You know, there's, there's ways to, <laughs> to, yeah, yeah, you know, like saying the best politicians <laughs> are always like. We, you know, we all know that you're a, a, a good merchant, a very, a very clever merchant. Yeah, well, no, it's just, it's just basic, like I used to do debating society, you know, and it's like you could see how politicians <laughs> did these funny things where like, you know, they'll say politicians, so what is your thought on guns, you know, uh, councilman? And, and he'll be like, you know, that's a really great question. But in order to understand that, we must go back to my policy on schools. You know, it's like, you know, you move the agenda where you want to take it. So. <laughs>
I hope that I hope that Franklin drops the V boards because I think Franklin is the one who's going to say the quiet bit out loud because Franklin represents the traders, right? More than anyone, you know, Franklin, people don't get it, but Franklin works hard. You know, for all Franklin is board stuff. The man sits in the board Ape Yacht Club chat all the time doing OTC deals and stuff. Okay, the guy works hard. So, um, you know, I, I think he's going to take the controversial stance, which is important as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you think that anyone is going to call out uh, OpenSea? Because well, it started, X2Y2 like, is this, this, this starvation game. X2Y2 uh, with, is going to call out. X2Y2 is basically saying that they did this as a defensive mechanism. Yeah. X2Y2's, like, if you go and look at the comments, they've already been posted. X2Y2 is the one that has basically said, we did this because of OpenSea. <laughs> No, I'm serious. I'm serious. Go look. Go look. Wait, let's. No, see no, that's they, that's a fair statement. <laughs> let's see what they said. Hold on a second. They put. Um, Be, you said because of OpenSea. Yes, 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 yes. They yes. did it. Yes, of course. Ah, they just seem desperate to me. Yeah, but that's what they're saying. They're saying they got yeah, desperate yeah, because of OpenSea, meaning they felt like they they had to. Uh, yeah, I'll show you what they said. Hold on. Because the moment, the moment that. Uh, moment that OpenSea, uh, I mean, Gem integrate uh, Sudoswap on, was able to buy the floor from Sudoswap. They basically give the hand to <laughs> Sudoswap. So it's obvious that that was uh, an accelerator for the whole situation of the royalty. So yeah. They are, they are throwing the rock and hiding the hand. I think they may have deleted their comment, but they did. They, they did at one point have that comment. Uh, let's see if I can find it. No, I think they've deleted it. Yeah, but at some point there was a, a reply to someone saying, "Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they they, they did the whole defensive like, yeah, that's right, exactly. Uh, you know, we should really talk to OpenSea and stop this, you know, death spiral kind of thing." Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. So anyway, it is what it is, guys. Um, okay, so I think that that rounds it up. I, I see there are some questions. Let's see if there's any comments or questions. Oh no, that's a raffle. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I think I think good to go. Um, I have no alpha for you this week, other than if you got on the youth list, of course. Mint. I did not actually get on the youth list because I was so busy dealing with other things that by the time I put in my application, I think it was too late anyway. So. But for those who did get on like Gladiator and stuff, well done, well done. <laughs> um, yeah, anything else you want to add, guys? Anyone want to come up? I think we've got like four more minutes before I've got to go to this. Okay, cool. Cool. Okay, everyone, I think we'll call it to an end over there. Uh, so thank you again for joining us for the CMA. By the way, starting at the end of the month, we will have our first council re-election. I'll have to check who got the highest votes, but according to our bylaws, every four months we have an, a, an election vote. The first person to come up will be the council member who received uh, the most votes. And so... I think uh, it was a clever name. Okay. Cool. Okay. So we'll have a vote on that. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. That's where we're up to, guys. All right. Thank you very much, everyone. Talk to you soon. Bye. Cheers.